Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. Jesus said these words, I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. That's John 21, 18, and here I am. (laughs) It is so true. Oh, man. Thanks, Matt. You have have a secondary career as a caregiver. (laughs) All right. Uh, In case you don't know me, as Brad said, my name is Shannon Liu. I'm on your church council. Um, I've I've been a a Christian for 44 years um, uh, by the blessing of God because he has carried me through so much. You have no idea. Uh, And it is my great privilege to talk to you today about the life of King David. Now, I know what you may be thinking. You're probably thinking, isn't that a Sunday school topic? Hmm, okay. But what I love about God's word is that no matter how many times you read it, there's always something new and fresh to think about. And I hope I can bring something to you today that will bless and challenge you. This is called the David Challenge. So the first thing I want to say um, is that David spent a lot of time alone with God. He didn't have much of a choice. He was the youngest of his father's son, and so he was sent to watch the sheep. In fact, there are some hints in scripture that indicate that David might have been an illegitimate son. In 1 Samuel 16, David was not included among the sons of Jesse. In fact, he seems to have been an unimportant afterthought. His brothers mock and mistreat him. Nobody seemed to have any respect for him at all. In Psalm 69, 8, when David said he had become a stranger to his brothers, the the word in Hebrew is muzar, and Strong's Concordance tells us that this word is related to the word for an illegitimate child. In Psalm 51, 5, David writes, Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. This might refer to original sin, and generally it's thought that way, but it might indicate that his mother was a prostitute. In the wilderness with the sheep, David honed the skills which God would use all of his life. He was a gifted musician. He was deadly with a slingshot. He learned to be brave in the face of danger. But most importantly, he learned to hear the voice of God. Time and again, we read that David inquired of the Lord and that God answered him. I often hear young people lament and say, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Well, take heart. David didn't either. He was a nothing, a nobody, but God was preparing a wonderful future for him. 
God's promise is for us as well. In Jeremiah, am I forgetting? Okay. Where are we? Okay. Sorry, I'm not used to the clicker thing. Oh, okay, got that one. Okay. Nope, okay. Uh, always these things, right? Okay. In Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, the prophet says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then, oh, I love this part, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So God knew David's heart and what he could do long before David had any idea what the future held for him. So the first challenge for God's people is to spend time alone with him every day and let him take care of everything else. Now the second thing that I want to say about King David was that he was obedient. A man after God's own heart, it says, in Samuel 13:14. Whoops. Yeah. Okay. All right. Much better leave it in the hands of the professional. Okay. Samuel spoke to King Saul in 1 Samuel 15:22, and he said, "Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of God? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice. King Saul was disobedient. And for this reason, it, the kingdom was taken away from him. Now David obeyed his father, his king, and his God. This was not an easy task by any means. He knew he had been consecrated by Samuel. It would have been easy so easy for him to just take matters into his own hands and do it his way. But David obeyed, even when he knew that it meant danger for him. In 1 Samuel 23, 11, and 12, David says, O Lord, God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O oh Lord, God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will. Again, David asked. I, I picture David going, eh? That wasn't the answer I wanted to hear. Again, David asked, will the citizens of Keilah Surrender me and my men to Saul. And the Lord said, they will. Now, consider this. David had already killed Goliath. Do you think he could have killed Saul and taken over as king? Of course. Of course he could. But he didn't. David's obedience came from his constant communication with the Lord. He learned to hear God's voice 
and when he heard it, he obeyed it. Even though it didn't seem to make any sense, David had a willing heart. Now, this will probably not surprise you, and I know Carol's going to laugh when I say this. <laughs> I am not a particularly obedient child of God. <laughs> There's Kathy, too. Yeah, I knew you, too. But all the coffee girls know me so well. <laughs> but one thing I have learned over the past 44 years is that hindsight is 2020. So many times I have asked God, why aren't you doing anything about my problems? At the time, I was tempted to say that I knew what was better for me and I knew what God should do, but God always knows better. And eventually, I've been able to see what he has been doing and that he's always right. Always. The second challenge for God's people is to hear God's voice and obey him. The third thing I want to talk to you about is David's repentant heart. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. The prophet Nathan came to him and he must have been shaking in his sandals. I'm picturing him going, oh, I don't want to do this. But he came in and he spoke to David. And at first David was very angry at the man in Nathan's story who had stolen another man's lamb. Nathan says to David, you are the man. Samuel 12, 7. David is profoundly struck with his guilt and says, I have sinned against the Lord. 2 Samuel 12, 13. And Nathan replies, the Lord has taken away your sin. This is such a beautiful foreshadowing of the forgiveness we have through Jesus Christ. However, he was not released from the consequences of his sin. His child with Bathsheba died, but the next son of David and Bathsheba was the wise King Solomon. God can bring something beautiful out of our repentance. So the third challenge for God's people is to repent of our sins. The fourth thing about David is that he had an honest and forthright heart. Three years ago, I went through a health crisis and was in the hospital for three months. It was a very dark and difficult time for me. I, I couldn't move anything from my hips down. I couldn't turn over in bed. I had to have two health care aids, even to swing my legs off the bed, and then two to transfer me to a wheelchair. Praise the Lord, right? Don't you love what God does? I do. But it was, oh, it was so difficult, and I was angry with God. I thought he owed me, right? It's like, God, what are you doing? Have I not been serving you for all of these years? What are you doing to me? This isn't fair. It's not right. Terrible time. A person who was visiting with me said, why don't you tell God that you're angry? I was shocked because I hadn't thought about that. And he said, don't you think he already knows how you feel? Read the Psalms. 
David told God what he was really feeling. And Psalm 109 is a really great example. Starting at verse 22, David says, For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I picture him going... <laughs> I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. But in the end, David says... David always comes around. In verses 30 and 31, he says, With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord. In the, throng, in the throng I will praise him, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save his life from those who condemn him. So the fourth challenge for God's people is to be honest with God about how we feel. He can take it, man. He's tough. He knows. The final thing I want to say about David is that he had hope. It's a big one. Again and again, he pours out his heart to God. In Psalm 39.7, David writes, But now, Lord, who do I look for? My hope is in you. David was an imperfect person, anointed by God to save and rule his people. This can give us great hope as well. We are, like David, imperfect, sinful beings, but it is the Lord who gives us hope. Ephesians, or in Romans 5, 5, we read, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ephesians 1:18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the glorious hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So the fifth challenge from the life of King David is to remember that our hope is in God, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, if you, if you read the um, first chapter of Matthew, you will see a long genealogy leading to the birth of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to read it. Um, don't skip over it. I know it's very tempting to do that. We see the begat, begat, begat. Uh, okay, next chapter. <laughs> but I was struck recently with how many of Christ's ancestors through Joseph were of let's say, questionable moral character. You have Tamar, who slept with her father-in-law, and the child of incest, Perez, was an ancestor of Jesus. You have Rahab, the prostitute, whose son, Boaz, married the immigrant, Ruth. Then there's and then there's David, the imperfect king, who with his second child of Bathsheba, King Solomon, was also an ancestor of Jesus. Jesus himself at the time was widely considered to be an illegitimate child. Probably the biggest challenge we face as a church is to love, accept, and care for those whom the church has traditionally excluded in order to do this. 
we need to be steadfast in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that these are the challenges that God wants to give you today so that you can live your very best Christian life. First of all, spend time alone with God every day. Number two, hear God's voice and obey him. Number three, repent of your sin as soon as you understand it. Number four, be honest with God. He already knows how you feel. And number five, hope in God, your creator. If you haven't started a relationship with our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, I would love to introduce you. So please come and see me after the service. I'll be happy to pray with you. But let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word, which shines so brightly and shows us the way to walk. I pray that every single person here and watching at home will leave here today feeling challenged and encouraged. I ask you to watch over each one and bless us in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I speak the name of Jesus over you. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. In Jesus' name.
that circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus.